Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back. I like, We really went a long time without seeing each other this time. Yeah. We really did. What was it, six days? It's the longest we've gone in, I don't know, weeks, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the last week we were we were together every single day. Yeah. I hope everybody had a relaxing Labor Day weekend. There is a lot that happened in the world of celebrity, and I don't know, a lot to break down. Should we? Yeah, just like a lot of stories. Not big ones, necessarily. Just a lot of them. Listen, it's not like last week. Last week, it was like the amount of content was overwhelming. This week— there's still stuff, but by no means is it as as intense. No, I wasn't overwhelmed. No, no, no. But still excited. Still excited, obviously. So let's start. This was really um, scary. So Kevin Hart was actually in a car accident. I'm sure you guys heard about it or definitely saw it on social media. Everybody was posting about it. So the accident happened um, just around like 1 a.m. on Sunday. It was on Mulholland Highway. Apparently, there were two other people in the car, including the driver. And what we heard from the reports is that Kevin and the driver both suffered major back injuries— The third person was a woman um, who apparently didn't require hospital treatment. And they say that there wasn't, you know, it wasn't a drunk driving thing. I don't know exactly what happened. But they say that Kevin was the first out of the vehicle. And according to one of the witnesses that we, we read, a member of his security team showed up in an SVU, picked him up. He lives nearby. And I guess he went home to get medical attention. And then he went to the hospital. The car, by the way, that was he that was being driven was. Kevin bought it for himself as a birthday present um, for his 40th birthday this year. All, all we heard um, from his team is that his wife, Nico, she gave updates and she said that he's great. Like The cameras were asking him. She said he's great. He's going to be just fine. He's good. Everybody's good. Really interesting fact that Isabel told us is that the people in the other car— No, people in his oh, car. Oh, people in his car, sorry. Was Tati Westbrook's friend and trainer, Rebecca— so in in the car was her and her fiance. So Tati Westbrook, you guys remember from the James Charles drama, tweeted, my friend Rebecca, who's my trainer and an endless source of inspiration in my life, was in a horrific accident with her fiance, Jared, and Kevin Hart. I'm grateful everyone made it out alive. Please go give some love and send some prayers to all involved. And she posted a picture of the car, but how random is that? Really random. It, it's one of those stories where it's like everybody is so connected. So, so connected. Also, what I was saying to you is that, first of all, I, I, from what it seems like, Kevin is going to be fine. Thank God. Yeah, I think the, I heard he had the surgery and it went well. Thank God. Yeah. So, But what I was saying to you is like, you know, Kevin is one of those people that we always say is so well connected in Hollywood. But really in times like this, I think it comes to the surface because the amount of people that we're posting for him from Brian Cranston to like, obviously, you know, Marlon Wayans and the people that we know he's close with, the randomest people though. But think about how much, like— how many things he's been and how much work he's done. He's he's everywhere. So it, it makes total sense. And I think he's just one of those guys that like 
everyone in Hollywood is friends with. It's so true. He he really is. He's one of those in a different way connected than the Kardashians. You know what I mean? Like not right. familial, but just from his work. It's really true. Yeah, I mean he's oh my god, he's been in the he's been in the biz for a long time. He has. So anyway, we are praying for him, but it really does seem like everything's going to be okay. So thank God. Next, we wanted to give a little bit of a Liam and Miley update. There's not much to tell you. It's been pretty quiet since the VMAs. He Liam came back to Instagram this Wednesday just to announce like the release of his new movie. And then we saw Miley and Caitlin together. They were spending Labor Day weekend together. Tish, her mom, was with them. Anything else on that that you really want to say? No, I think that we're probably like over the biggest hump of the drama with them. I think all that we're going to like watch out for is Miley and Caitlyn and like what happens there. And even like if Liam starts dating, I feel like that we're not going to get much information. Like I could see Liam dating somebody and then getting married quietly and us never even finding out about it. I think this whole thing, and it, not that it was Miley's fault because he's equally as famous, but I think this whole thing really made him appreciate the idea of a quieter life. Oh yeah. I think that, uh, I think Liam's very grateful that Australia exists. I was about to, I think Australia yeah. is looking better and better these days yeah. for him. Don't you feel that way completely? Oh yeah. I know. That is, I know we talked about it a lot, but, and I don't think it's going to happen anytime in the near future, but one, from a perception issue, and two, just because I think he's healing. But that is going to be the most fascinating thing to see who he dates next. Not because that person is like his forever, just because it'll be so interesting to see where his mind goes. Right, like, like what is there going to be a complete contrast or are we going to like watch him like date somebody similar again? Right, is he try to? Is he going to try to like recreate the Miley presence or is he going to try to go completely the other way? What I would you? date him if he needed to. <laughs> if you. he was in a bind and I needed help to help him out. Him out. Good person well, like that. Talk about taking one for the team. <laughs> You're welcome, Liam, and the whole Hemsworth family. Who do you think, though? I mean, do you think that he, like, just vibe-wise, do you think more of a Miley vibe or more of a no. totally— I think, too. Complete opposite. I think so, too. More of a Caitlyn vibe, honestly. Yeah. Low-key. Yeah, just, like, down to surf in the morning. Potentially not famous. Which I'm not down to surf. No, with those sharks? Forget about it. So anyway, we will see what happens. I, again, I, I'm hoping for his sake that he kind of lays low for a while, but I will be incredibly curious. And hopefully, I'm hoping that a year from now, him, Caitlin, Brody, Tish, Miley, his new girlfriend will all be having lunch together like nothing ever happened. Lil Nas X will be there with Billy Ray. That's nope. quite the fantasy. No I don't want, I, I honestly don't even want Liam involved. I want him to just live his life separate and apart. I know. I guess I just always have this fantasy that he still has some relationship with the family. You know what I mean? I, see, I don't even think his relationship was ever so— It's not like a Scott situation where it's like a noticeable absence in his life, I feel like. Do you think he was that close with her, with her family? I don't know. I go back and forth because on the surface level, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't really think so. And then I'm like, wait a second. You're living with someone. You're dating someone for that many years. It has to be. Especially because he is a family guy and so is she. I just don't think we— Maybe we didn't see it as much, but yes, I do think there was I don't think it was the same importance. Like, I think that, like, he's—I think he's okay without her family. Whereas, like, Scott, for example, like, if he lost the Kardashian familial support, he wouldn't be okay. Well, also, a lot of that comes from the fact that Scott's an only child. Both of his parents passed away. They are his family. And I guess you're right. Yeah, Liam does have his own—like, he has Chris's Like, I think Liam could— could separate and and not give it a second thought. Right. Like, there's a lot of people who, like, where they separate from the person's family, and it's like, you hear about it all the time, where they're like— I'm okay without the person, but I really miss being around their family. I just don't see that with Liam and them, Ooh, personally. Yeah. Do you? Um, no, I, yeah, I think you're right. Although I think Tish probably really misses him. Yeah. Not not that she doesn't like Caitlyn. I'm sure she's thrilled. Oh, my God. Her and Caitlyn seem like they're best friends now. They do. And they've been close. But I think that 
there's definitely that aspect of her that probably, I don't know, just liked having Liam around. Who wouldn't? He seems like the kind of guy you just want to have around. I'd keep him around. He'll change a light bulb. He'll hang he out. He would change He'll a light bulb. He'll walk your dog. Save your dog from a burning your, house. Yeah. <laughs> it's the little things. I can connect anything to him saving a dog from the burning no, house. She it's really like word can. association. No, she really can. She does it randomly in conversation. Like, I'm trying to think of something happened last week. It's like not even about anything. It's like, I, like we've like did I feel like last week we passed a fire truck and you were like, oh, they need Liam's help. It's just like anything. Like my dad's like, good morning. I'm like, morning. The fire took place in the morning. Liam saved the dogs yeah. from the fire. I'm like, it's just like anything. I can't stop thinking about it. I know, it's so true. Okay. Let us move on to Sean Mendez. This is not really anything, but I just felt like it happened. So I want to talk about it because we saw it everywhere. He kind of responded to the question about his relationship with Camilla. He was at a, it was kind of like a I don't know, fan Q&A type situation at one of one of um, his concerts. And he said, someone asked, and he said, honestly, I want to say I want to talk to you guys about this stuff, but it's not just me in the relationship. There's another person involved. I can't say things that I feel. It's not just me deciding, you know? Well, that's a oh. stupid answer. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I, well, if they were a little more private, I guess I'd be on board for that. But if you're going to flaunt your relationship everywhere and then be like, I'm so sorry, it's really private and I can't talk about it, then it's like— uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, totally agree. They owe us absolutely nothing. At the same time, when you're, when you are that heavily making yourself a, a figure, I'm sorry, yeah. you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. It doesn't work like that. We're all expected to believe this publicity stunt and then you're not allowed. That's to- the dumbest saying, by the way. Because what have you ever been, ca- been given cake and then been told, nope, don't eat it? Yeah, that is the dumbest saying. It's the dumbest saying. What's the root of that, do you think? Um, Marie Antoinette, maybe. Yeah. That's that's very interesting. Where did I pull that out of? Well, that's well I mean, I know it, but like uh, the fact that I, let's, well, if I, I was right about that, yeah. There's a lot of like, um, like sayings that like have like really interesting like roots to them. Have your cake and eat it too is a weird one. I have never been giving cake and then not like, being allowed to eat it. What kind of fucking birthday party is that? That's like torture. Yeah. Imagine at a child's birthday party, they put it down and they're like, but don't, don't just, it just look at it. Yeah. Anyway, so we just wanted to talk about that. Really nothing, nothing much other than, um, yes, we still don't believe it. And, and that wasn't helping. Yeah. In case, case anybody was wondering, we're still not on board. Which is kind of a seamless transition to this other Camilla drama, which is really fucking weird. I, I don't know. I was so confused by this. I'm, I want to talk to you guys about it and then tell me what you think. But Basically, Camilla posted a video on Instagram introducing her new music or kind of like a new era of music for her. And in the video, there was like a whole monologue about love and she was kind of like in this field. And it did look- like It did look exactly like Lana Del Rey's ride. Exactly. Eerily similar. And when we first saw it, like we all thought that, but then Lana commented on it, what the hell? And obviously we saw that and I was like, okay, this is huge. But I didn't want to post it as a solo because I was like, in the off chance that it's, did we even talk about this? Or did I just do it without, were you? No, no, we spoke about it. Like in the off chance that that wasn't shade and it was like, Lana was totally in on it. I didn't want to make it like a thing, even though we have no, we're not making it a thing by posting it. I don't know. I just wanted to put it in a roundup, but that was not, it was was weird. And also I don't know why I thought this, but I thought they were friends or at least friendly or knew each other. So it was like very confusing, but like, from what I know about Lana, and, like, I've, I think we've, like, all kind of followed her career since, like, what, like, 2012? Like, some close on others. But she's not, like, everything that Lana does is kind of, like, her own thing. Like, she's totally in her own lane, and that's why a lot of people like her is, like, they say, like, she's, quote, different. Um, so I can't imagine that as somebody who's, like, always just been in their own lane and done their own thing and has been, like, strived to be different from everyone else would be okay with somebody just taking her thing. Like, I can't imagine that wasn't shade. Let me ask you a question, though, because I'm not familiar enough with 
with her, I, I obviously understand, I know her music, but I like by no means like a diehard fan of hers. Do you think that Camilla's, what Camilla did was reason enough for people to be like, it's ta- that's that's Lana's thing. Like, do you think Lana can yes. claim that? Yeah. If you watch the, have you ever seen the video for? Yes, Ryan? I watched them both. It, it's it's the same. It, no one did that before Lana. Like, yeah, people had monologues, people had things, but just like to have a monologue and an overvoice in the exact way that it's shot with very similar material and like, I don't know. I'm I'm not like I've always been not on board for that. I think there's been a lot of times where artists are like, no, we just pulled inspiration and and all these things. I'm always like. There's no way we've run out of like creative mediums. Like there's no way that we've hit the point where you now have to go back and recycle what other artists have done to make your thing and that you couldn't come up with anything new or that there's no one on your team that could have come up with anything new. Yeah. I just think it's like, I don't want to say lazy because I don't think that's what it is. Maybe like careless or Mm -hmm. it's like, I, I understand that like, you know, you see something, you love it. You want to do it for yourself and try and change it a little But like, especially with someone like Lana Del Rey's whose entire brand is just like being non-mainstream or like quote trying to be non-mainstream for you then to have like a mainstream artist take that it's just like it's it's just not right it's not the vibe and it's not what Lana Del Rey was going for yeah I think that I'm not so familiar with kind of people's criticism of Camilla but I know that a lot of people feel like you know, obviously she's not going to be selling out tours like solo right now. And and like having this this song with Sean was like such a huge up for her and whatever. And when I was reading just on Twitter, not like articles, people felt like this was the worst thing she could have done if she's trying to further her solo career because it showed, like, I don't know, a lot of, I read this like very intense thread. A lot of people were just saying that it's like showed her inability to be original kind of. Well, that, that's the whole thing is that I'm, I'm happy you brought that point up is because so many people have said to me when I've said that I thought Sean and Camilla wasn't real or like was fake or whatever, was a whatever. They've said to me, but like, I understand what he gets out of it. Like he gets to have a girl on his arm for all of these things. What does she get out of it? And I was like, listen, here's the thing about Camilla. Like, yes, yeah, she's a, she's pretty much become a household name at this point, but, but can you see her selling out Madison Square Garden? Right. And everyone's like, oh, and then it clicks for them. So this was one of those things where it's like, you know, you're really trying to make it. And it, for me, when I'm watching that, I'm like, here's this girl trying to like make a whole new intro into music. And then it's like clicks and it's like, and here's where Sean Mendes comes into play. Like yeah. it all just kind of put it into place for me. And I don't know. I like Camilla. Like I have I like zero her issue with Same. her as a person. I think she's very talented. I like her music. I just think that like there's some um, decisions being made maybe by her team or by her that I just don't agree with. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. And I think it's pushing her in the opposite direction that she wants to be in. I don't know. Watch that space because that's interesting. When Lana Del Rey, who's such a force in the music world, seemingly comes at you, I don't know. There's just something there. So let's just see what happens. On a really sweet note that we just wanted to say, this isn't news, but just in case you didn't see it, continuing on this whole thing about the Jonas Brothers just being so incredibly kind-hearted. It yeah, seems. they were, Wow. They, so last week they had, um, their, one of their 16-year-old fans, Jordan, posted a screenshot of an Instagram story letting her followers know that she couldn't make the Jonas Brothers concert in Hershey, Pennsylvania because of her chemotherapy. And she wrote, I was supposed to be at your Hershey concert tomorrow, but instead I'm across the street doing chemo. If you all wanted to pop in, I'll give you my room number. And before the show, Kevin and Nick and Joe came to her room to see her. Class oh. acts. They are. They're class, class acts. And I have to tell you, when you watch that video— they are, I don't know how I want to wear this. They are so sweet, but so like 
aware of what they're doing. Like, they, it wasn't like they walked in and they were like, hi, how are you? Like, they walked in and they were like, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Like, you can't teach that, I feel like. That is just like an innate, you were raised well and that is who you are as a person. You agree? So I, I so agree with you. And what I was going to say is that Remember when we watched the documentary, their documentary, and we we both said that to each other, like, wow, their parents did a really good job in certain aspects. Yeah, like, there are certain things that obviously your parents have so much control over, like, the way you become. But then there's also things where it's like, maybe you were just born like that, and it's in your DNA to be like that. But, like, you can't teach that in a class. You can't sit somebody down and be like, okay, this is PR 101. When you do this, do this, do this. They just innately have that. And I think that's why they're so special. And that's why they're so successful is because they're just, when you look at them, you look at those boys and you're like, they were raised correctly. Yeah, They are the type of boys who you can throw into this industry and know they'll be okay because they were just raised so well and with such values and morals. And I think that that really shines one in situations like this, but also in their relationships. Yes, I was going to say their relationships too. Look at how respectful and how like solid and wholesome all of their relationships are, even if they don't work out. I have to say, and my, I've always been a Joe and Sophie fan. Like I've always just thought that relationship was special, but I went, me and Isabel went to the concert on Thursday at Madison Square Garden. And we were closer to the stage on like the left side and up a little, like in the, like whatever. And Sophie was across the way in like the box where like Jay-Z was. And I don't know if it was purposeful, if it was where she was. There was just a spotlight on her the entire night. Like you're standing in Madison Square Garden and I looked at Isabel at one point and I was like, Joe and Sophie are the only two people in this room. Yeah, you said that. That's it. Like it it was, I'm not even exaggerating. It was so crazy. Like you could see her clear as day and you could see him clear as day and you could see them just making eye contact throughout the whole show. And there was this like, spotlight that was like halo-esque around her. Oh my God, I'm like, getting It was, and I had this thought where I was there. I was like, if you told me that every single relationship in Hollywood, every single one, Ashton Kutcher and Mila, Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard, every, Justin Haley, if you told me they were all fake, the only one that I wouldn't believe was fake was Joe and Sophie. Yeah. I'm telling you, I believe in their relationship that much. I believe it too. It I, was, it was special watching them in the same room. I, I so, so agree with you. Yeah, wow. That was Julie was sending me, I mean, the Snapchats the whole night about that. The concert was amazing also. It was just like the most like it was it was a combination of just like the most nostalgic you could be, where you're just like, oh my God, I am 23 years old. I'm watching them singing Burning Up in Madison Square Garden, like what the with fuck? alcohol in my hand. Like if you would have told 13-year-old me that I'd be drunk at a Jonas Brothers concert, or like smoking my pen at a Jonas Brothers concert, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, you'd be like, what? Be like me? I, Never. I know. But little, it was just like little me. Little me. <laughs> No. So it's just like, it was so nostalgic. They were so good. Like everyone was so, so into it. It was just an amazing show. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like when you go and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm a kid again. It was like, I am genuinely enjoying this so much as an adult, but I'm also like having this reminiscent feeling of, of being young again. It, totally. Ugh. It was a really like a, a special no, place to be. No, I know you be. guys were, re- I was really happy for you. You were thriving yeah. there. Um, okay, I wanted to talk. There's so many things I'm realizing. As I told we're going you, it's it, like it's not like long, important. Like let's break down this down stories. It's just a lot. Don't think that we're not going to get into, into Trisha Paytas, Aaron Carter at the end. I'm doing it last. Don't worry. But for those like five of you that care as much as I do, Emmy, back on track. <laughs> sorry, on. sorry. Come on, kid. Okay, can we can we uh, skip around a little and go to Zendaya? Whatever you want to do. Okay, so just it was her birthday this week. That's why I think I want to do it. So Zendaya 
and her co-star, Jacob, is it Elordi or Aordi? I'm not Elordi. really sure. Elordi. He was previously dating Joey King. Remember, they were in the kissing booth together. Yeah, I never believed that either. So, that their relationship? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just thought it was like a kissing booth promo. I thought he was so hot. I'm not into him. Really? We've spoken about Isabel's this. nodding. She agrees so with me. Hot. He's so tall. That's what it is. He's tall, but I feel... I just, I don't know. I don't look at him and like feel it. Like, I just feel like he's just like exactly the type of person that you throw into a movie because he's tall and good looking. Like, I thought he was insanely excellent in Euphoria, but I don't look at him. I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like he's just like there. Yeah. I don't think his face is like as overly attractive as everyone else thinks it is, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like get it with him. I get, no, that's not true. I get it. I just don't feel it. You don't feel it. I think. So I haven't watched him in Euphoria, so I can't speak to that. Yeah, you will love it. Um, he's really tall, so obviously that's a, a huge one for I me. I think that's what you're seeing. Probably. No, I, it's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the fact that when I saw him in the kissing booth, he was the exactly like quintessential high school jock, just like athletic, and that is so like yeah. Give me a lacrosse. Give me like a six two lacrosse player that like, you know, that's usually like. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer is waving. <laughs> That's exactly it, though. I, and 99% of the time, I agree with you because that is, like, very my type, too. But just with him, I don't know. Also, though, I have to say, and this is in doubt, indefinitely because you have such a more um, mature appreciation of movies and have seen so many more, and my attention spans for movies is not that high. If but, you are going to taunt me you thought The Kissing Booth was good, I will walk out of here. Well, that's what I was about to say. I, like, genuinely enjoyed The Kissing Booth, and when I told oh, you— I know. When I told them, they were like, are you guys fucking kidding? And I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, judge me. I loved every second of it. I could watch them hook up, like, forever. Do you want to move on? Are we going to get into a fight? We're not going to get into a fight. And I don't think that this is a matter of, like, appreciation and seeing movies. I think that, like, anybody who's watched, like, even one or two movies before can watch The Kissing Booth and be like, okay, I get it. It's entertaining. But this is god-awful. Well, it wasn't a good movie. I'm not saying it was, like, a quality film, but I thought it was very enjoyable, very entertaining. I think it's because I love watching, like, that high school dynamic. Like, here she is with the hot older brother. Like, yeah, I love that like, shit. I, I get it, but, like, for example, what, what's the one with Noah Centineo? What's it called again? Oh, uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before? Loved. Loved. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10, enjoyed. The other, the other one on um, Netflix that's, like, the, the setup or whatever, loved it. Kissing Booth was, I will never, ever get that hour and a half back of my life. <laughs> I loved it. I'm still, I'm, I'm not defending it because I get it. Sometimes when I fall asleep at night, I'm like, I should stay up for an extra hour and a half because Just, I lost that extra hour and a half to the Kissing Booth and I want it back. I have to say though, I also really as a person from, do you know that I like really stalk Joey King on social media a lot? I don't know if I ever told you that. No, sometimes you do weird things and I choose to ignore them. No, I really like her. I do too. I just like it. Don't, how much is there to stock on social media of her? I don't know. I like, I just, I'm interested by her, I guess. And I'm interested by her, her relationship with her sister. I don't know. Remember she, when we tried to watch the act? I'll never, I'll, I th- to those of you that have watched it, I like almost envy your ability because I think it was riveting and I think it was excellent. I just, it was too nauseating and too traumatic. Yeah, we both like kept trying to, <laughs> we both kept trying to get through it. And it was like, we were 10 minutes in and I was like, we neither of us wanted to pull the trigger and be like, okay, no, we have to shut this off, which is so weird of me to not watch it. Like it was so off brand, but I was like watching it and I was like uncomfortable. Like I was physically like, couldn't sit still, like needed it to end whatever. And then like, I think it was like 30 minutes in, I was like, 
can we maybe? And you're like, thank God, thank God, please shut it off, please shut it yeah, off right now. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it was so one of those. It's like, give me murders all day, but but a mom like poisoning her child. I can't watch it. Like, I can't watch. You can read about it, but you can't, can't watch it. Yeah. I was going to go to school for forensic psychology. Like, I wanted to study that, and I was watching it, and I was like, maybe I don't have like. Maybe you don't have it in you. Yeah. You're not as tough as you thought. Yeah. Do you realize that we just talked about that for. <laughs> we never mentioned where, they, where this part of the story was, right? I never even said the story, which was that they were spotted on a boat together in Greece. They weren't alone, but like that's what's fueling the relationship rumors. I'm sorry, we just got so we, off track. We, we didn't even mention that there were relationship rumors. Yeah. That's how off track we got. Okay, in my defense, it was 100% you, I think. I think you fully derailed us. By the way, it's always 100% <laughs> me. It doesn't mean that it's not your fault. Um, the role here, like we all have our established role. Mine is to derail and yours is to bring us back. Uh, well. And that's exactly what happened. I derailed for seven minutes, you brought us back. <laughs> and that's what makes the world go round. Yes, it does. So there is this company making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles. They are insanely comfortable, machine washable, and they are called Rothy's. So Julie and I actually tried these. We got them in the um, sneaker model and we got them, I got mine in beige. The machine washable thing is like a game changer because I stepped in something and you literally just throw these in the wash. You do laundry like it's nothing and you have a fresh pair of shoes, which is unbelievable. No Clorox wipes and any of that. They're kind of, they describe themselves as like everyday flats for life on the go. So they're stylish, versatile. They go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. They come with an insane range of like colors, patterns. They come out with different um, colors and patterns every few weeks. Also, they always have free shipping and free returns and exchanges. So there's no risk, no worries, and kind of like really honestly no reason not to try. And the fact that they're crafted from recycled water bottles, they're super comfortable. As soon as you slip them on, there's like no break-in period, which is kind of rare and awesome. So check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash celebs. Go to rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash celebs to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash celebs today. Let's just talk about um, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. You talk about it. I'm not in the mood. Well, but I was I was about to, and then I was going to say you're going to probably make fun of me for mispronouncing her last name. But would I don't you know like how to, to try? It okay, so it's Margaret. I'm going to say Quayley. That's how it seems. Okay, we're getting the thumbs up. So her and Pete, she's an actress best known for her role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They were spotted together. It's reported that they've been dating for two months, and most recently they were seen arriving in Venice for the Venice Film Festival. People say that they saw them together laughing. They looked like a couple. There was not a crazy amount of PDA, but that you could definitely tell they were a couple. And in the pictures we saw, they were holding hands. Let me tell you one thing. I, and I'm not even into Pete Davidson, like I've always said, he's all yours, but I could look at pictures of him just literally just holding hands with someone all day. I am fascinated by his relationship dynamics for some reason. (sighs) I know it's emotional for you. There's not a lot to say. <laughs> Julie, Julie literally texted me on the phone, like on the side, and she was like, "Are we gonna have to like? Are we? Do we have to talk to Pete and, and Margaret? Are you gonna put me through that trauma?" I was like, "Julie, you, you will be fine." I don't know. If, if history is any indicator, he's it's not gonna literally, last. Literally, we're gonna meet him one day, and I'm gonna have to. He's gonna be like, "Are you the one?" I'm like, "No, no, no. I'm, that was somebody else, yeah. not me, not me. No, no." <laughs> Really dug myself in a hole here. It's just so funny that that um, Jacob Elordi, like you don't even flint, flinch, and then Pete Davidson, it's like gets you going. That really goes to show it's it's really about a vibe. I'm a huge vibe person. Yeah, I mean, as am I, but I think that there's but different, different, different kind of vibe. Yeah, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so right. Right. Like I think J- here's what it is. I think Jacob Elordi is like objectively hot. Like I can see it. I can appreciate it. Like I can look at him and be like hot. But like I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like 
fantasize about him the way that I would like fantasize about Pete Davidson because of who he is as a person. Can I ask a question though? Mm-hmm. And just out of curiosity, do you think part of that could be the fact that you've know um, Pete's personality so much more, not even that you like it better, but that you don't even, you don't really, Jacob is just an object in a lot of ways, and not to objectify him, but you know what I mean? Like he, you just see him from an outside perspective. You don't really get much Totally. Insight. Do you think there's something there? Like if, if he was more, I just can't imagine him having that like, that Pete Davidson quality. Mm-hmm. Pete Davidson has a quality and it's either you find it so attractive that it like makes him as a whole like, so attractive or it's like such a turnoff that it's like you find Pete Davidson like I was talking to somebody and they were like they were like you find Pete Davidson attractive and not Post Malone I was like how are we going to compare those two people at all and they're like I don't know they just like give off the same energy to me and I was like I I don't I don't think so even a a little bit at all is that a thing no I don't think it is but I, I was just using an example of like there are some people that just like see him and they can't like they associate the quality that is about him as being like not attractive, whereas, like, the same quality to me is, like, extremely attractive. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, I want to read this Bieber thing. Speaking of, speaking of fantasizing. (laughs) Truly. So, yesterday, I want to say that what's really interesting is that when Julie was doing this outline before this happened, I said to her, I was like, can you just put in a bullet point about Justin's Instagram antics? And, like, there's no news to report. I just want to talk about how it's been a little erratic recently is that yes he's like for example the thing that scooter posted like you can and justin commented like no you can i want to juggle while drinking pepsi like all this stuff and i can and he's just been commenting a lot and i saw i didn't even post this one because i didn't want him to get honestly there's so much shit we don't post for no reason other than we don't want to draw attention to it and then have that celebrity get more under fire whereas like we just hope nobody will see it he commented on this i won't even say the name on this like um, workout this gym account and it was a, a video of like people doing like pull-ups and like this one girl had this did you see this mm-hmm. this big chain on her and she was doing a pull-up and he and someone and the caption was like this is intense stuff and he commented like no it's not I could do that with my eyes closed or something like that and I think he was kidding but it was just such a weird thing to do it was like you could see like he was just going on this rant it's like he's bored I don't know I just felt weird about it and then this happened so I'm gonna read this whole thing again if any of you couldn't read it because the font was too fucking small, I feel you. I can't see shit, but I'm going to try. Well, you can zoom in a lot. And no, you I know. zoom in on the iPad. I did. I'm zooming in here. So he wrote a post and it said, It's hard to get out of bed in the morning with the right attitude when you're overwhelmed with your life, your past, job, responsibilities, emotions, your family, finances, your relationships. When it feels like there's trouble after trouble after trouble. You start foreseeing the day through lenses of dread and anticipate another bad day. A cycle of feeling disappointment after disappointment. Sometimes it can even get to the point where you don't want to live anymore, where you feel like it's never going to change. I can fully sympathize with you. I cannot change my mindset. I'm fortunate to have people in my life that continue to encourage me to keep going. You see, I have a lot of money, clothes, cars, accolades, achievements, awards, and I was still unfulfilled. Have you noticed the statistics of child stars and the outcome of their life? There is an insane pressure and responsibility put on a child whose brain, emotions, frontal lobes, decision-making aren't developed yet. No rationality, defiant, rebellious things of all of us have to go through. But when you add the pressure of stardom, it does something to you that is quite unexplainable. You see, I didn't grow up in a stable home. My parents were 18, separated with no money, still young and rebellious as well. As my talent progressed and I became ultra successful, it happened within a strand of two years. My whole world was flipped on its head. I went from a 13-year-old boy from a small town to being praised left and right by the world with millions saying how much they loved me and how great I was. I don't know about you, but humility comes with age. You hear these things enough as a young boy and you actually start believing it. 
Rationality comes with age, and so does your decision-making process. One of the reasons you can't drink until you're 21. Everyone did everything for me, so I never even learned the fundamentals of responsibility. So by this point, I was 18, with no skills in the real world, with millions of dollars and access to whatever I wanted. This is a very scary concept for anyone. By 20, I made every bad decision you could have thought of and went from one of the most loved and adored people in the world to the most ridiculed, judged, and hated person in the world. Being on stage, according to studies, is a bigger dopamine rush than almost any other activity. So these massive ups and downs on their own are very hard to manage. You notice a lot of touring bands and people end up having a phase of drug abuse. And I believe it's due to not being able to manage the huge ups and downs that come with being an entertainer. I started doing pretty heavy drugs at 19 and abused all of my relationships. I became resentful, disrespectful to women, and angry. I became distant to everyone who loved me, and I was hiding behind a shell of a person that I had become. I felt like I could never turn it around. It's taken me years to bounce back from all these terrible decisions, fix broken relationships, and change relationship habits. Luckily, God blessed me with extraordinary people who love me for me. Now I am navigating the best season of my life, marriage, which is an amazing, crazy new responsibility. You learn patience, trust, commitment, kindness, humility, and all the things it looks like to be a good man. All this to say, even when the odds are against you, keep fighting. Jesus loves you. Be kind today. Be bold today. And love people not today. And love people today not by your standards, but by God's perfect, unfailing love. Whew. So that's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack. I have like 18,000 things to say. Um, I want to start by saying I, every single thing that he— well, a couple things. Number one, what was interesting is that if you're reading this, you expect that there's going to be some sort of like— climactic point, like he's going to announce something or he's going to say that he's going through this whole thing. And it really wasn't. He was just kind of giving a reflection on some things that happened to him, which was interesting. A lot of people said like when they saw that big paragraph, they're like, oh shit, what happened with him and Haley? I didn't even think that. I thought that it was going to be like taking time off, taking time off or going for treatment or something like that. I didn't expect like nothing. It was just kind of like for no reason, which if anything is actually, I, I liked that about it. Like I thought that it was him just kind of telling it like it is. I think that every single thing that he said is what we always talk about with him. Like when we hypothesize as to why he does certain things he does, it's because of all of those reasons that he said. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Start him at such a young age, never being told no, being told constantly that you're the greatest thing in the world and not having people around you to really ground you. Like it's, he outlined it perfectly. No, and I think that he's getting to an age and a point where he's still being very discredited by a lot of people. Like he did, he went through this phase, which— and maybe I'm not remembering it correctly because I remember being not great and I remember being bad, but I never remember being like that Justin Bieber. Like, I never remember having that same feeling that I had when Britney Spears went through it where I was like, oh, that Justin Bieber, he's never going to come out. Like, I remember being like, oh, Justin. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. Like, I don't remember having that mentality of like, he's really going through it. And I think he's in a place now where he feels like people— keep discrediting him because he went through something. And I think it's really frustrating for him. And he just wants to be like, listen, I'm, I'm out on the other end of it. And I want you guys to understand that. And I think his way of doing that is to constantly, like constantly explain like what went wrong, what happened, because this is not the first time he's given us a paragraph like this. It's not the first time that he's given us this explanation. And I just think that he's in this place where he feels really frustrated because I think that he's just not getting the credit that he wants or like the, the, I don't know what, I don't know how to put it. Like, I think that he's just frustrated and thinks that he's stuck in this mindset or stuck in this way that like he's not in anymore. And he feels like he has to overcompensate and explain it to everybody when it's like, 
we like I, I don't think he has to explain it to us. I mean, personally. To, well, not to us, but I think that to a lot of people, they still do see him as that as that kid. But do you think? But what I'm saying is, do you think a paragraph like that is gonna is gonna change that? Um, not necessarily, but I under. But that's not the point. It's not about whether it's gonna change people's minds. It's about his intention. So I think that his goal with, is that it would. Whether it does or not is besides the point. It's the fact of him feeling like he needs to. You understand? But just as a reflection of this, do you objectively think that if you were a, like somebody who re- was really overly critical of Bieber and you read this, would you be like, you know what? I don't know because I can't imagine. I think I can't imagine even being so overcritical of someone like this in the first place. So I, I'm really, it's very hard for me to put myself in that situation. I do think that he was really raw in this and it, it probably was... Um, you know, people could be empathetic to that, totally. Also, like, let's call a spade a spade. Clearly, this was maybe read over one time by some person because some of these words were no way it was his, but it was a lot, you know, it was grammar-wise. Like, you could tell this wasn't a publicist writing it. It was him. It was just oh, yeah, edited yeah. a little. Because yeah. if you've seen some of his other stuff, this was definitely much more cohesive. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know, when I watch Bieber, I, like, am somebody who just roots from no matter what. And I think it's just like the way that I grew up with him and watching him and like being such a fan. And also I feel like a lot of people our age feel this sense of responsibility where they're like, well, we put him in this position. Like we blew him up. Like not every star who's a star blows up the way that he blew up. He was a special case. Like we have seen a lot of singers, a lot of people at that age come onto the scene and they don't, it's it's not like the way Bieber was. Bieber was a phenomenon. And I think that, a lot of people our age watch him and we're like, we played a role in this. Yeah, that's Like, su- we played a role in him getting to this point because we were so obsessed and we so dehumanized him to the point where he was just an entertainer for us. Like, he was just a guy on the posters and we were too young. His audience was too young to take a minute and be like, what are we doing to this kid? And right. I think that it just, it, it, by the time people started to realize that it was too late. That's a really, really good point. Yeah, and and obviously it's not like anyone in his camp at the time was stopping that because that was that was what was fueling his success, right? Like it's not like Scooter Braun who loved him and protected him was going to step in and be like, "Yeah, you're I getting a little gotta, too famous." I think you're here. getting a little too famous. It was the goal, and then I just I, listen. I think the whole idea of child stardom is so interesting and so fascinating, but I think we tend to lump all child stars together, whether they're Disney, whether they're whatever, like. They're not, not all child stars are the same. Not all child stars are created equal. No, totally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put that you know on the con- You know the famous line in the Constitution? <laughs> no, a thousand percent. And also I thought when I was reading this, really important distinction, when he was talking about the dopamine rush of being on stage, yeah. the first thing I thought of was Kylie Jenner in the sense of, She's so famous, and yeah, for, she goes outside for a second and she gets mobbed, but she is not, someone like her is not an entertainer in that regard. They will never understand that feeling. Do you know what I mean? The other thing is you have to think about Kylie Jenner's age when she started. She was, when when Kylie Jenner started to become like Kylie Jenner, where she was like obsessive, and, but people were obsessed with her and really followed her, 16, 17. Like her formative years had already taken place. Not that they weren't in the public eye. She was on TV, but listen. But it wasn't like being mobbed. It wasn't she like was in the old fucking. She was in the old Calabasas house. Like yeah. that's a that's all. Like all she was able to, to have a normal, a relatively normal childhood for most of her life. Like Bieber, and also the the switch from the old Calabasas house to the new Calabasas house is like yeah, that's a difference. It's a difference the way you grew up, but it's not like you went zero to a hundred. You went like fifty to seventy five. Yeah, Bieber went playing on the streets as a 13-year-old boy just because he loved music to every single person in the entire world knowing his name. 
It's an it's an it's unfucking believable. It really is. At the most formative years of his entire life. And if you remember, it's not just like everyone loved him. Like the way he says, like, I went from being one of the most loved people to one of the most hated. Like, if you remember the early years of Bieber, it wasn't like every single person was just on board for Bieber. Like for some reason, it was like a lot of people really hated him. And I remember being like that age, 13 and watching him. And I remember thinking it was so weird that all of these people, and if you remember this correctly, a lot of people would say like, when you ask them like, why do you hate Justin Bieber so much? Like he sounds like a girl. That was their reasoning. Well, that's what I was going to say, which is so interesting that a lot of the hate that he got early on was from the, a male audience because girls were like fawning over him. A lot but, of females also though, uh, made, but mostly males made, really hated but, him. But my whole point was that they really won, like totally kind of like emasculated him and and um, like didn't get the appeal. Also hated that he became this like, like genuinely think of like the 14 year old boys at the time. They like hated him because I mean, in certain ways, probably deep down they idolized him, but also hated the fact that all of the girls around them were like idolizing this guy. But my point is, because he grew up in that regard and he didn't have the respect among the male audience, I think that was part of the reason that when he did some of the like, quote, player things and like some some of his actions, and just tell me if you're following this. I'm totally was, following. And even though this is like a really like fucked up mindset, I think part of it could have been to gain the male audience respect, which yes, I obviously understand that's so societally fucked up that like sleeping with all these hot girls should like make you cooler in guys' eyes. Obviously that's not how it should be, but let's, let's call a spade a spade as a 16-year-old boy that is like, you're looking around, you know what I mean? And I think that that had to do with it. It was kind of like, oh, what do you guys think about me now? I totally 100% agree because I always, and especially looking back on it, the the way people were then and treated him because of what they assumed to him, which was like completely emasculating him, was like, it would never happen now. You would never see a star rise to stardom and have a group of people hate him because they didn't think he was like quote a man, manly, enough. manly enough or like really like it, it was a lot of like quite frankly like calling it what it was like homophobic hate because that's what a lot of people thought people thought he was gay and they did not like him for that yeah and that was a, now it seems like a foreign concept but that's what it was I remember every single guy our age, there was not one that was like, I like Justin Bieber. Oh there was God. not one, you couldn't say it. It was like, you would get literally bullied at school if you were a guy and you like Justin Bieber. It's it's crazy to think about. It is. And now you hear the guys and they're like, oh yeah, he's a G. Like, I can't tell you how many guys, like, like yeah, he's a savage. Like, the kid's a legend. Yeah, people like, love him now. But if they remember, those are the exact same, same kids, kids that were like, like, name, like really awful stuff. And it's, it's funny because I don't find that he's ever spoken about that. I don't find that he's ever been like, you know, when I was that age, I was really emasculated and it really like messed up my form, like my formative years of the way I treat women because I thought I had to treat women like an object because that's what other guys expected of me. Yeah. And it's, I just don't think it's a discussion we have. And I think there are so many layers to Bieber and who he is. And like, I think people are going to study him one day to like see the way that fame affects people because he is just the the case study example beyond in every fucking aspect because you're so right when you said like the Kylie going from 50 to 100 thing yeah. like he really is the example in every aspect the fact that he had like it, his upbringing the his parents like all of it all of it is just so oh my god yeah i mean like it's like it almost be weird if he wasn't screwed up yeah and this is what we talk about is like the difference between Justin Bieber and the Jonas brothers is like I don't I don't 
like, I'm not trying to say that Justin Bieber was raised incorrectly. I think he was raised amazingly the, well. The best, the, the best that they could. The given best the that they could. But like, that's why I feel that some people are just innately who they are. And the Jonas Brothers were just like innately given the cards to deal with how to handle this type of success in this life and have this unbelievable support system and people keeping them in their lane and keeping them in check. Whereas Bieber just didn't. And these are the differences between like, like when when you have that and when you don't, and it, it's scary. It's so scary, and that's, which is another reason why people say, like the reason that he's with Haley, because whether or not like you like them together, it's like a lot of people say, Haley is the type of person that he needs. Haley is the type of woman that he needs, even if it's for right now at least, the stability. Because you ne- one thing you never heard about Haley is that she was unstable or that she, you know what I mean? Like she really does have that wholesome kind no, of- No, it's, it's exactly, you're 100% right. And that's why I think I'm such a fan of their relationship. Because you know, know what? Yeah, that's it. Because when we were talking with Darren, we were talking about how like you believe that my obsession with their relationship is purely sexual, which like a lot of it is. Like I think they are just objectively a hot couple and watching them like that, that Instagram story where he like comes and like slaps her ass with the Kylie money. I could watch that on repeat every single day till I die. No question. But I also think that like you watch them and it's like, he's finally stabilized. Like he, not that he's like, not erratic at times, not that he's not doing things like posting giant paragraphs on Instagram, but he just seems like he's at this place where he finally like has his feet on the ground. And it hasn't, I haven't seen him like that once since he started. Yeah. And that's why I think I like their relationship so much. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, listen, we'll see how, how it plays out. I don't think that it's in, I don't think that it's smooth sailing. Like, I just think no. that there's just no way that it could be, but I, I do think that she is the correct partner for him right now in this phase of his life. Because even if you had that intense attachment to him and Selena, I think you could still recognize there was something about it that was toxic. See, I don't even understand when people have that att- intense attachment. I think you all know why I think it is. Yeah. I think it comes from the fact that it was they were both so young when it started. And they were and people, people were obsessed with that it. like tween idea of like tween love. Also, he was younger than her, which I know isn't a big deal now, but at the time it was kind of like cool. Like if you remember back yeah. in the day, there was something like cool about that. Like that that when they went to the what was it, the Grammys, like the famous, you know, when he's yeah, met. That, yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it. I was just never on board for them. I always felt like their relationship was so toxic toxic. And I felt like he was so like I, that was the peak of these years that he's talking about where he's like, I, I disrespected women. I messed up relationships. I was addicted. Like th- that perfectly overlaps with the Selena thing. Yeah. So I was never on board with that. I always felt like the relationship was just toxic. And now I feel like now that he's somewhat on the other side and here's Haley, that just makes so much more sense to me than Selena and Justin ever did. I know. I just, even though I'm, I am a totally a fan of theirs, I do have this like in this weird feeling inside of me that something... I don't know. Let's well, I'll see. tell you what I think you're feeling. I think what you're feeling, and I totally <laughs> oh. get it, is that the idea of being in a relationship just because it keeps you stable is not a sustainable way to live. Like, you can't just be like, okay, I am dependent on this person for my mental health and our relationship is going to be fine. Right. And that's why I think a lot, what a lot of people criticize their relationship for is that, like, people feel that Justin's just, you know, doing this because he's finally feels stable. Whereas, like, I, I think it's the other way around. I don't think that he finally feels stable because he's in a relationship. I think the relationship is what made him feel stable. Yeah. I, and But I don't want to make it seem like I'm criticizing them because I really, like, I I have a tremendous amount. If you hear some scuffling, it's because Julie's taking like off her hot. jacket. No, it's okay. Go for is it. it. okay? Make a lot of fucking noise. Just do it while we're at it. <laughs> okay, well, I have a question. I just, like— between you and I and, like, the rest of everybody listening. Like, would you rather me, like, overheat and faint and then, like, we can't, like, go on with the podcast because no, I'm unconscious? No, or would no. you rather me, like, one second of, like, a little bit of crinkling? I just wanted to tell everyone what was going on. That's all. That's all. 
So I know that you guys know that you should be taking vitamins to help supplement your diet, but there are so many different options and it's kind of hard to know which nutrients you need, which ones you don't. And like if you're getting enough from your regular food. So women deserve a clean, effective multivitamin that they can trust. And when Kat Schneider realized that doesn't exist, that's when she decided to create her own and she founded Ritual. So Ritual is the obsessively researched multivitamin designed for women by women. It contains nine nutrients that are difficult to get enough of every day, even with a healthy diet. So instead of having to take like five, eight vitamins, they make it easy with just two capsules a day. And you just order online at ritual.com for around a dollar a day, delivers right to your door monthly so you can stay on track with your new healthy habit. We tried these and we both really like them, honestly. Love, big they, fan. Yeah, they it's traceable and transparent. So they kind of search the globe for like the best suppliers and they're super transparent about where they source their ingredients. And if you want to know more, you can just find everything on the website. It's easy, all in one, everything you want. And that's why we we like Ritual, honestly. It's a great daily vitamin. And the fact that it's delivered to your door is just incredibly convenient. So for a limited time, Ritual is offering our listeners one free week during your first month. Just go to ritual.com slash celebs to start your ritual today. That's one week free of Ritual at ritual.com slash celebs. Wait, you guys, you're going to think this is so funny. We have to tell them about the inbox. Last week, we were talking, <laughs> or like two weeks ago, we were talking about how um, Isabel, how like we had that group chat, um, just the, our, how our group chat is called The Affair, because when Julie and I first started the account, we didn't tell Isabel about it, and she kind of found out. And then we always talk about how Isabel sits on the floor, which we've said a million times. We give her chairs. She genuinely just likes the floor. She's looking at me and smiling as I'm saying this. Someone inboxes us and was like, you know, kind of weird about how you and Julie kept comments from Isabel. And like, I know it's a joke, but the fact that she sits on the floor, I don't know. I just wonder about the dynamic there. And we were, the three of us were fucking dying. I was like, Isabel, is there something you want to tell us? Isabel, blank (laughs) twice if you think that you're. Like, are you fucking kidding me? If you know anything about us, we are literally siblings. Like, it doesn't get closer. I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. But for for anybody concerned about Isabel's safety. She's the fucking best job in the world. Are you kidding? I don't really think you should feel bad for Isabel. She doesn't even have to talk on this thing. She just like sits there. And I literally, literally, Isabel will get invited. It's like really cool shit. I'm like, Isabel, can you just go for us and like take pictures? Like genuinely, like, yeah. And she loves going. She loves going. Trust me. Trust me. Isabel lives a fucking life. So I I wouldn't feel too bad for her. She's doing fine. Yes. Um, Anyway, the last thing that I wanted to say is that Liam Payne posted this thing because of course, Justin writes this whole thing. And the headline is, Justin Bieber like talks about intense drug use amid fame and Liam Payne posts this thing and was like, really? Like, is this really the fucking headline that we're going to run with, with, you know, this guy was just so brave to come out and like with this whole stuff and this is what we're going with, which, yeah, I was really happy about that because the media is so goddamn annoying, which is by the way, it's just clickbait on clickbait on clickbait. That's why I said to you, or like, I don't even know if we talked about it, but it just kind of went without saying we weren't posting anything about it. Like no matter who commented, we just weren't going to post it. Yeah, it was just like like an understanding. It was just like an understanding, like let him, yeah. Everybody was going to see it. It wasn't like we needed to feel like we needed to show people. And I don't know. I just didn't even want to get involved in that. Um, Okay, let's move on to, (laughs) just to let everyone know, in case you didn't, Lindsay Lohan has a new song coming out. She's coming back to making her music uh, debut again with Xanax. Julie writes, I have literally no other information about this. Neither do I, although let's see what happens. How is she just going to, how is she just going to spend all of 2000s in rehab and then come out with a song called Xanax. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a pretty full circle moment if you look at it that way, though, you know? Um, also, this was interesting. So John Stamos did this GQ interview, which helped by the fucking way, if you didn't watch this. This episode is a lot for me. Yeah, I know. We're just going to go Pete Bieber I know. Stamos. Let me tell you I something. I need, like, a I, shower. I know. If you did not 
watch this video on GQ's Instagram of John Stamos in a multicolored uh, outfit, kind of just looking so sexy you need to. He looked hot, guys. Really hot. It was literally the, I guess I'll come. Yeah, we, we posted on our close friends story, like, I guess I'll come. Uh, so in an interview for GQ, he was asked about the Lori Laughlin scandal, and he said, quote, I want to wait until the trial happens, if it does, or whatever the result is, and then talk about it. I'll tell you one thing that has been strange is, honestly, I can't figure it out. It doesn't make sense. I talked to her the morning everything hit. I just can't process it still. Whatever happened, I'm pretty sure that the punishment is not equal to the crime, if there was a crime. Diplomatic answer, totally understand supporting your person. Um, there there was a crime, let's just call a spade a spade, but yeah, I, there was, there I also, was, uh, to, I don't expect him to come out and like not be defensive of her. You know what I mean? Like TV wife. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta defend your TV wife like your own wife. Absolutely. Um, God, that GQ thing was. It was fucking hot. Also, guys, so you know that JWoww and Robert, I um, mean, Roger have been separated and they finally, their divorce was finalized and- She's dating this guy, 24-year-old Zach Clayton Carpinello, and uh, she posted an Insta story of the two of them saying, you make every day special. Thank you for loving and accepting me exactly who I am. And there was an episode of Jersey Shore where she was saying, talking about how much sex she's having that she had to ice her vagina. Did you see that? I did see that. Good for her. Fucking Really just good for her. She pulled a Teresa Judice is what she did. Hell yeah, she did. Hell yeah, she did. She got out of a relationship, a toxic relationship. I mean, although people say that her and Joe are still together, which even if if they are still together, she's clearly with a 24-year-old guy as well. And she really just went for it. There were years of sex that she probably wishes she was having, and now she's going for it. Yeah. Listen, I think there's a lot to be said for older guys, obviously, but there is something about a 24-year-old sex drive that is just— Well, the thing is there is that it's like a 24-year-old sex drive with a woman who's in her 30s, and that's a woman's sexual peak. That's why you see a lot of 30-year-olds going younger, because they need somebody like that can keep up with them. Exactly. Because that's when, like—it's weird that, like, our—that men and women's sexual peaks don't align. Yeah. Like, wouldn't life be so much easier if it was just like 20, you had your sexual peak, and then everyone else, like, kind of calmed down after that? But isn't it kind of interesting that it's the reverse? Because we see so many couples in Hollywood that are older men, younger women, whereas in this situation, it's actually the men being younger is more conducive to having a right. more intense sex life. Dep- yeah, I guess depending I guess, on the timing. I guess, um, well, I, I guess that then goes into like what, like, women's ideology of sex. Like, if you are somebody that was raised that, like, women, like a women's sex life. So women don't crave sex as much as men do, which is like uh, some people agree with and some people don't. Like if you're one of those women that kind of has that ideology that you don't crave sex as much as a man does, then like you probably don't have an issue with dating older. You know what I mean? But if you're somebody who's a woman who like has a very overactive sex drive, like in, especially in your 30s when you're at your sexual peak, then it's like, of course you're going to date a 20-year-old. Like yeah. that's what you're craving at that point in your life. Yeah, obviously it's just for heterosexual just, relationships. Yeah, yeah, just I for mean, hetero, that's what I'm saying. Like, But yeah, what I'm saying, so it's interesting then like if you look at, um, you know, gay men or lesbians, like they're, they do align. So it's interesting to see though. Right, but like, right. But, but what's interesting about that is you see a lot of um, like g- gay men couples that are o- older you know, yeah. like not the same age. I, yeah, I, age in relationships is really interesting because I don't think it's as simple as just like age doesn't matter. Like I think age matters for exactly what you want it to matter for. Exactly, exactly. I, see, I, yeah, like a part of me is like age is just a number in the sense that I really do think that love kind of knows no bounds in terms of like, I believe Catherine Foster is in love with David Foster even though she's 35 and he's 60, 
69. Like, I believe that. But yeah, there's definitely, there's more layers to it. I think, yeah, it's like age doesn't matter in the sense that I don't think a relationship is dependent on age. But I think that if you're seeking somebody who's older or younger, then there's a reason for that. There's something that you want. For example, like if you are dating an older guy, man or woman, if you are dating an older man, it's, there's like a sense of stability there, right? Where you're like, okay, here's somebody who's established, who like I know can take care of me and that's what I'm craving right now. Whereas on the reverse, if you're dating someone who's younger, then it's like, I just want fun right now. Like, I just want to have an amazing, not to say that you can't be in a stable, committed, like relationship with somebody who's younger who can take care of you. It's just like what you're looking for right now is on the other end of the spectrum. But also what's interesting about that is that those are just like us looking at it objectively, that's what we assume. That's well, what we have a very skewed view of, of relationships in the sense that we don't, like, not that we don't see a ton of relationships, we just don't experience a ton of other relationships. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, but I'm saying that that- It's a bubble. Well, yeah, but also what I'm saying is that, like, from our perspective, those are the reasons that one would want to go up or down, whereas there may be a totally other reason. It's like, I actually like this, you know, I like this younger vibe because of X. Maybe it's oh, not yeah, because yeah, of the fun. Yeah. Maybe it's because it makes, you know, makes me feel more lively or whatever the, th- a million other reasons that we're not even thinking of that I just think it's, it's we it got to do that episode with the sex therapist. Yes. I, I would know. love to talk about age in that regard. We're going to do it. We're doing it. I just yeah. have to figure out when. Um, also just wanted to touch on the fact that Garcelle Bouveau is joining the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, which is so exciting. She was known for the Jamie Foxx show, um, NYPD Blue. She's in Spider-Man, Homecoming. And I'm just really excited. She's the first black woman on the cast of Beverly Hills, which is amazing. And I don't know. I, I've She's one of those that, like, I never really— pinpointed exactly where I knew her from, but I just knew that she was famous and gorgeous. Right. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You saw her face and you're like, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And, and she, I think she knows a lot of them. She definitely knows Lisa. She was acting with Lisa back in the day. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for that season for sure. Also, just got to tell you, to reposted this picture from her, uh, did you see that from her high school graduation? Oh, yeah. She, and I mean this with no shade. I think she looks amazing, but she genuinely looks like a different person. If you put the two side by side, there's 0% part of me that would have known who she was. Yeah. Don't you no, think? Oh my God, I would I would never have. And and she admits to the work, good work, but um, wow. Okay. Do I have permission to move on to Trisha and Aaron or is there anything else you want to say? Hit it, kid. Okay. So for those of you that care, Aaron Carter, obviously teen sensation, and Trisha Paytas caused some drama this weekend via a stream of weird kind of live streams. First, let's just talk about Aaron Carter and where he is right now. So as you guys remember, I want candy. Like when we were growing up, Aaron Carter was it. I Tell me one girl that didn't fantasize our age about Aaron Carter. Remember? No in his one, I want candy no video. One. Are you fucking kidding? When he was on that, on that Lizzie McGuire episode. Forget, forget it. About forget it. it. So in 2017, he was arrested for DUI and weed possession. And also that same year, he was on an episode of The Doctors, and he revealed that he takes like a dangerous combination of all these different opiates for anxiety and sleep. Also in 2017, he was malnourished and really underweight. There were all those pictures that surfaced of him looking like really you know, kind of like skin and bones. And he was then admitted to Alo House, which is a treatment center in Malibu. And what's so fucking interesting about this is that it's owned by Alexis Nairs, which is now Haynes is her last name, but her previous name was Alexis Nairs. She was from Pretty Wild, which was 
that reality show on E, which is like followed her and her sisters and her mom. She was one of the members of the bling ring. She went through a very intense amount of drug addiction and now she's totally sober and her and her husband like own these facilities. But Aaron, just fun fact for anybody who's like really deep into it, that's the one that he was admitted to. Also, he's had a lot of issues with his brother, Nick. Um, on Sunday this week, he apparently said that on Twitter, he called his mom saying that his mom was a supportive family member, but not Nick. He said, Nick and I don't know each other. I haven't met my nephew. And I, and I just want you to know, Odin, even though I never met you, that I love you. And then he later came back and said, "When I, what I said about Nick the other day, I was in a bad place emotionally because I had just helped my mom and I'm upset that Nick didn't even seem to care. And I had to be the man of the family and take charge. But I'd still like to see the whole family dynamic heal. So that's just where we are at in Aaron's time. He's also coming out with new music. He's trying to make a reemergence. And listen, he went through some shit. So he teams up with Trisha Paytas. And this all happens on, I think, Saturday. She posts an Insta story of them in, in Dylan, Dylan's candy bar, some sort of candy shop. And she's showing his candy with his name on it and then showing him. And he's like, are you going to show my candy behind the camera referring to her? And she's like, oh, I'm your candy. And I'm just like, this is fucking social media gold. Like I was living for it. I like literally wanted to get another phone just so I could text them and watch the live stream at the same time. I was so into it. Anyway, that all happens. Next thing you know, they're doing a live stream and it's Aaron's live stream and they're in the car and they're on their way to his house. And they're talking about how they used to fool around all the time and would kind of just like hook up for fun and they start being in a relationship. That day they decided that they were together. So she's, you know, just they're talking, whatever. They're both, it's bizarre. None of them, neither of them are watching the road. I couldn't tell if it was like a self-driving car or they just weren't caring. He's chain smoking cigarettes. Did you know any of this? Am I telling? Can I, I'm, I'm like telling Julie because I'm so excited to talk about it. I know no one cares. And a lot of you are fast forwarding, but that's okay. Some of you do. So he then- Do you believe that? Yes, because people in the group cared about it in the Patreon group. So he then, um, this, he gets a call from this random number and Trisha answers the phone. And this girl is like talking about them having sex a couple of days ago. And she's like, did you have sex with this girl a couple of days ago? And it's happening on live. And I'm like, did you just get caught on fucking your live stream for fucking another girl by Trisha Paytas? And now you're in a car together. And he, wait, no. I have, Are him and Trisha. I'll tell you the whole thing. I'll explain okay. it all. But at the time, I like so, I'm in such this weird position where like, I, I need to know. But I also do not want to let I know, myself care. I know. Just like care for five minutes is really interesting. So, at the time, just to catch everyone up, all that was happening was that they had slept together multiple times just as friends, and they now, that day, decided they were going to make it a relationship. Again, it's this kind of Jake Paul. The day of the live stream. The day of the live stream, yes. So it's very Jake Paul Tana vibes. In the moment where he apparently gets caught assuming this was real, he literally had the reaction of like any man ever, like rolls his eyes, kind of just like, what? Like, no way. She's crazy. Come on, it's a block number. She's crazy. She's the one I told you about. And then he's kind of like, Trisha, like we weren't dating. Like I, I can basically do whatever I want. It was very uncomfortable. They get to the house. They're at his house, like in his house together. He's showing her his whole room where he's like bleaching his clothes. Julie, it was, I felt like, I was like, I cannot believe I am getting this content right now. What the fuck is going on? Okay, that happens. That night, she posts a picture of them in the car kissing with the caption at Aaron Carter and their ring emoji. I'm just like, what the fuck? Clearly it was like very, again, Jake Tana vibe. I didn't think they were engaged, but I was like, are they really fucking dating? I hope they fucking date. I know. The next day he gets on his live and I happened to catch it, which was yesterday. And he was like, listen, no, I saw it. And I was like, oh my God. I think I do have them on. And he was like, 
listen, Trish and I like aren't dating. You know, I thought we were gonna, but I really, I talked to my therapist. I had a really intense meeting this morning with my whole team and my psychiatrist and my therapist and my counselor. And I can't be in a relationship. I need to be selfish. I need to stay on the straight and narrow. I'm two years sober. I got to keep it going. Like those whole nine. And he's like, I love Trish, but you know, she's kind of been a rebound in the past. And basically we can't, we, we just can't get into a relationship right now. I'm just like, holy literal fuck. Imagine you're about to get into a relationship with a guy and he's like, hold on, I just have to have a meeting about it the next morning and then I'll get back to you. That's that's exactly what happened. She then deleted the picture and nothing happened from it. I guess they like sleep together sometimes and maybe it seemed like a good idea. They've known each other for years. A lot of it was for clout. Whatever it was, it was motherfucking entertaining and thank you guys for providing us with that. <laughs> Did you feel like you just learned a lot? I the whole time you're speaking, I'm like, it is literally ridiculous that we can go from having such an intelligent conversation about like different relationships and age and whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like, so Trisha and Aaron Carter, and I it's know. the same energy. Like the you're the the passion that you speak about those two, and usually I'm the same. I just like can't force myself to care about Trisha and Aaron Carter, but like the passion that you have when you're speaking about. It's across the board. It's, the it's same, exactly no, the same. No, you want to know what it is? This is the epitome of me. I could go from having the, I have the same intensity when talking about the injustices in our criminal justice um, system in, in our country to Trisha and Aaron. Yeah. Like I obviously don't care about them both the same, clearly, but my intensity but when- one would think you But one did. would think I do. No, I know, I know, I know. It. Yeah, Um. It was just fun. 2019's <laughs> wild. I just feel like when, when the beloved pop star of like- is dating the YouTube, Patreon, viral, Snapchat, vlog squad, like, what the fuck? I don't know. It just What is she? I would say she's a YouTube personality and um, a aspiring sex icon. Well, you know what, Trisha? You got it. You a sex <laughs> icon, girl. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I proudly, I will scream it from the rooftops. You know damn well I paid $5 a month for her Patreon just to watch her entire video of her tit transformation, and it was worth every goddamn penny. She took you through her initial tits, her first boob job, her second boob job, the fact that she's happy with her nipples now. I mean, we saw it all. And I watched every minute of it. I texted Julie. No, you know Julie's sitting here rolling her eyes? Julie was like, oh my God, send it to me right now. <laughs> Right. I was so confused by her <laughs> nipples. <laughs> yeah, it's still logged into the, I logged in on my thing just to watch it. Her nipples are so small now. It's crazy. No, I have hair follicles bigger than her nipples. No, she but but that was a conscious decision when she talks about it because she said, you know what's so crazy? Sorry, I I swear I'll spend 30 more seconds than I'm done. Trisha's like the type she shows everything to the world, no shame. Duh. It took her when you watch that video, it took her so many times of being like, oh my God, I can't show it. Oh my God, I can't show it. To show the picture of her initial boobs because of how embarrassed she felt by her own, like the size of her areola. And that's why she went, sorry, but that's true. And that's, <laughs> sorry. And that's why she like made such an effort to make her nipples so small. Anyway, Bessie didn't think you were going to learn that knowledge today. Okay. Open Fit is making it easier to take care of you by bringing the gym to you. So basically, OpenFit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. So the thing is, you can basically sculpt your body in the convenience of your own home with no eyes on you. And there's so many different options. You can work out with amazing trainers like Andrea Rogers, founder of Extend Bar, which is unbelievable. Um, Rough Around the Edges, which is six of the most badass stunt women in the business. You never have to feel kind of like weird about being at the gym or judged or any of that. You can do it in the comfort of your own home. Also, it's incredibly like accessible. So if you're on vacation, you're going away, you can get it on, on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, even Roku. Um, 
I don't know, it's just a really convenient way to kind of make sure you're getting your workout in without having to go to the gym and go through the whole process of it. You get what you put in. You can see results within the first 30 days. So OpenFit can definitely change the way you work out. Text our code COMMENTS to 303030, and you can join us on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit when you text COMMENTS to 303030. You will get full access to OpenFit, all of the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Again, just text COMMENTS to 303030. Standard messaging data rates may apply. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be are mascara and lip gloss, maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy, but Honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. Okay, moving on to our award ceremony. We're starting with Best Clapback. It was such a clear winner this week. Ariana posted a video of her singing and someone comments, it sounds like auto-tune and probably not live. I mean, you're a great singer and I love your voice and songs, but this doesn't sound live. And she responds, now with all due respect, I could do this in your living room for you, fam, with no sounds, mixing or help at all. I could do it on Broadway and did. I could do it in the shower, in the car. It's my gift. It's why I'm here. I sing 30 plus songs a night. Every word. It's my thing. Let me shine like damn. Yeah, fucking let her shine. Like damn. Let let it shine. Like Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things you can come for Ariana Grande for. Not having a good voice and not being able to perform live is just simply not one of them. Like get a better, get a better day. I mean, you know how I feel. Yeah, completely. She's one of the best Underappreciated as fuck. Yeah. Um, Funniest was... Uh, Jeff Foxworthy. So Tank Sinatra posted a meme and said, Bradley Cooper's turning into Jeff Foxworthy. He said it a picture of him with a mustache, which by the way, till the day I die, I will never understand the appeal of a mustache. No one does. And Jeff commented, my wife is so happy right now. That's That funny. was funny. Like sweet, funny. We were thinking like, what the fuck can we caption this? Is it doesn't seem like mean. We ended up doing something totally neutral. Yeah. Because we wanted yeah. to do something funny, like wife celebrates. And we're like, that seems mean. Anyway, okay, Kardashian recap. Not crazily stacked this week, but obviously things to discuss. First, I just want to say that Kylie posted a one-minute video on Instagram of like kind of a recap of her birthday trip on the yacht. And let me tell you— I would do sick shit for the vlog. I would do sick shit. I think about a vlog coming out every motherfucking day. Could you imagine? Yep. 
It's all I want. It is, Julie. I don't think we're getting it. You don't, okay, let me ask you a question. Maybe it won't be released. You don't think they've logged it, though? There's probably so not, much well, footage. I mean, I mean, that's not the same thing as us not getting it, I'm sure. I know, sure. but do you think that they did? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is a lot of video that probably has enough content to make a vlog, but I don't know if at this point we are going to get a vlog. I would do sick shit. I just, I just, I just don't want you getting your hopes up. Interesting, interesting that in, they all like did a thing where they wish her a happy birthday, and Sophia said, you're my, you're my best, best friend. friend, which was interesting. I know they're really close. I remember being like, Is, are you? you lying, bitch. Well, because in Sophia's, when Sophia was reposting everyone for her birthday, she called a lot of people her best friends. So who, who yeah. knows? I guess they're just at that age. <laughs> Young kids. Yeah. Also, uh, these kids. Sophia, which this is kind of fucked up that we put this in the, her, in the Kardashian recap. She's not a Kardashian. This could be its own story. But I feel like the people that care about this are the people that care about the Kardashians. She, for her birthday, extended her, Scott, Randall Emmett, and Lala Kent went to Cabo together. Interesting. I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't either, but I'm going to tell you something. Randall Emmett is one of the most connected motherfuckers in Hollywood. That guy has, one day he has Mark Wahlberg on his plane, the next he has Kate Bosworth, the next he has obviously the whole Vanderpump Rules cast. You never know with that guy. Yeah. He's got his hands on a lot I like Lala's vibe. I think she's cool. Well, did you see she posted, for her birthday, she posted a picture of herself, like, naked, you know, covering, and Sophia commented on it. So I guess they're friends. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they. I mean, they must be. You don't just go to Cabo with somebody. Let me tell you, Lala has, uh, whatever you think about her, fan or not, she did, she did well for herself. She's Fuck not, yeah. She's not the same girl like that girl that came as a waitress, a hostess at Sir in the early days, you know, looking just for any rich man. She's now engaged and— To uh, the rich man. To the rich man. And she's the one that his plane is, takes all of her friends away. And so that's the life that she wanted, and she created it. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but for her, that's exactly what she wanted. Good for fucking Good her. Good for her. Good for her. I love—I I, I always say that I love her vibe. Like, I, she has, like, the, the Hailey Bieber-esque— not— Personality-wise, just style-wise, yeah. which I love. Um, tell them about Sunday Service. So Sunday Service or the Sunday Service album. Those are two different things, my friends. I know. Start with the actual service, then we'll get to the album. So Sunday Service this week took place in Watts, which is like an area of South Central LA. Um, last week, he did it in Dayton, Ohio, which was obviously like to for the community there and the healing and, and there was a benefit involved. Um, but this place, this week, it was in Watts. Brad Pitt showed up. Fucking what? I said to Julia, I was like, did you ever expect the headline? Like, Brad Pitt shows his appreciation for Kanye during Sunday service in Watts. I was like, what world are we fucking, what is going on? I just can't believe it. it was, he's the last person I would have expected to be there. But I think this is, I think you're going to start to see a lot more celebrities getting involved with the Sunday service because it is the ability to um, have a, like a, a moment a week where you're like involved in prayer and you are feel connected to the community and to your religion and what all these things, but it's not a organized formal religion. And I think that you are going to see a lot of people starting to say like, you know what? It feels really nice for a couple hours a week to just, you know, feel connected and feel religious, but it's not organized church sitting there, you know, I think that you're going to see a lot of Brad Pitt-like people starting to get on this no, bandwagon. No, I, I totally agree. There's something that seems kind of um, just like 
all encompassing about very, it. It's a really special thing. Because uh, I, I think it's less, less for me. I, I think it's a lot. Yes, we know. I think it's less about religion and more about spirituality. And I think a lot of celebrities can get behind that. And also what was really cool about it this week was that typically when we see it, either it's in Calabasas or it's in, you know, one of more one of their neighborhoods, and it's not really open to the public. Like more so it's a let's say curated guest list in a way. And in this in this setting, um, the community of Watts kind of just came. And I think that that was so cool and such a cool thing for them to do. I think that's something that Kanye is starting to want to do more, which is like bring communities together through it. Like it's okay, we had the first step where we we introduced it into like the mainstream and we did it for our friends and then we kind of expanded it to other people who wanted to go. Now let's take it like one step further and have it be a real community building sort of thing. I think that there's like a, there's a lot of visions that Kanye has for Sunday service and I don't think he's stopping anytime soon. I think this is like he finally found something like in in all of this craziness of the past few years where he feels really like connected to and feels like his heart is finally in something. Yeah. I mean, from what we can tell, and like Kim posted a, a picture and the title on a piece of paper was like a track list and an, and an album. It says like September 27th. It doesn't say like officially album coming, but everyone kind of uh, drew the conclusion that a Sunday service album is going to be coming on September 27th, which by the way, we're still waiting for Yandi. So that's a whole other thing, but- who knows? I'll listen to the fuck out of a Sunday service album. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh the fuck out of that meme. I laugh the fuck out of that meme. <laughs> also, just really funny, um, like in the on the the screen, on the picture of the pad, it was you could tell the notepad was from Target. And she had just posted like a couple days earlier that she was back to school shopping with Saint there. And like people people like draw that, saw that and were like, wow, we are fucking weird. Yeah, like, like we know she picked up. We that. know she picked that up. Oh, of course she picked it up on her Sunday on her Target round with Saint when they were back to school Saint shopping. North, like, and they were both sitting in the cart. Yeah, but like what the fuck is wrong with us? What the fuck is wrong with us that we weren't in Target that day? Well, that too. I told I'll never you. forget myself for not being a petco. Is that what you were gonna say when Kim and Chloe went to? No, I was going to say, and I have said this a million and one times to you, and I know you think I'm crazy. There is no celebrity sighting, like a Target celebrity sighting. I don't think you're crazy. There is just, when I saw Karen Ashley walking out of there in that picture, I was like, yes, Target. Yes. There's just something about it. It's like celebrities, they are literally, they're just like, it's not like seeing them at Whole Foods. It's like fucking, of course, Angelina Jolie's walking down Trader Joe's aisle. Yeah. But when Beyonce's in Target- that's some what shit. What the fuck? No, that is some what shit. What the fuck? I feel the same way about CVS, though. Because I think CVS is, for me at least, so much more accessible. Like, I'm there all the time. And that it's like, oh, of course you're picking up your Neutrogena makeup wipes. Duh. Yeah. Like the rest of us. Duh. You know what I mean? It's not like going to the dry cleaner. Like, you know how it used to be, like, in People Magazine, it was like, they're at the dry cleaner. It's like, yeah, I never... Never go there often. It's not my normal stop, but Target, Target and CVS. Bitch, you just wanted a full size smart water. Yeah, yeah. You just wanted a full size smart water. Exactly. I know what your game is. You forgot a tampon at home. You, you just like me. You just like me. <laughs> um, exactly. Two other things. Obviously, so Kim renamed her kimono to Skims Shapewear, and Alice Marie Johnson was in, as part of the campaign. It was a really big campaign with a lot of different people, and she was in it mixed feelings. Some people loved it. Some people thought that Kim was exploiting um, her and the involvement. My personal opinion was that I think Alice couldn't have been happier to do it probably. And I don't, I didn't, to me, I didn't view it as exploiting. I understand how people could, especially because if you look at the ad, it's like a minute of her, at least the first minute is like of her talking about her experience kind of like in the criminal justice system and Kim's involvement, nothing about the shapewear. Then she gets into saying how she feels comfortable. So I could understand that. It's like, why is this woman standing there in shapewear talking about it? Like we get it. 
I just didn't feel that way. I think that you could look at it that way. I had a much more optimistic approach, which was like, this was a really huge deal that happened. And it it, it was an honor almost to include her. And and she felt honored both ways. I just felt like it was good. Well, I think this is the the classic case of if you want to find something wrong, you'll find something wrong. And if you want to find something right, you'll find something right. And I think my view on it was just like, I think that Kim's continual... um, want to keep Alice Johnson like in not just like in the picture but like in her lives and like keep reminding people like this is Alice Johnson this is how this relationship started and this is where we are now and I'm keeping this relationship alive and I'm giving her the opportunity to like this is a platform for her Alice Johnson has come out of prison and she wrote a book and now she's really working hard at criminal justice reform alongside Kim and and doing all these things and all Kim is doing, in my opinion, is just keeping giving her a platform to be able to do this. Exactly. My thing is like, listen, I got news for everybody. Kim does not need Alice Johnson to maintain her success or to maintain her view in the public eye. Like, yeah, maybe if you want to say, oh, it's a good look for her. Like, to have, okay, yeah, but trust me, Alice is not making or breaking Kim's view in, in, to the public, right? Yes. Like, it's, that's like, I don't know. To me, I just don't understand that narrative. I, think, I just think it's a continued respect that the two of them have for one exactly. another. It's, and, and that's the thing. It's I don't see it as a, like Kim giving a handout or Kim just, I think they both have a very extreme mutual respect for one another. I totally agree. And that's our take. I mean, I'm sure people will differ. Lastly, we wanted to tell you that Kim, so Kim obviously was Vogue Arabia on the cover and Kanye interviewed her. We're of course not going to read the whole thing, but t- I'm telling you, read it if you can. It's so interesting Like that from that perspective. Let's just read a couple of, like two of the questions. That one line that we love. Yeah, someone in our Patreon group pointed this out and it's so true. So she said, he said, what do you believe to be the biggest misconception people have about you? And she said, I think I've evolved and have arrived at a place where I don't really care about misconceptions. I'm so used to always being underestimated. And then she said, being underestimated and over-delivering is my vibe. I like to over-deliver and be underestimated. That's a, a fucking vibe. That that whole line, yeah, that's exactly what she does. That was such a good way to put it. True, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I loved that. I loved Kanye and Jimmy. And of course, Kanye's response to that is that he's like, I don't think people really underestimate you now. And she's like, really? Like he 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 to me in his world, it's like, how could people underestimate her? When like, you read those questions, it's like everything that she says where she talks about either having an insecurity or he can't he can't fathom it. He literally he said, cannot understand that like there's a part of her life that she doesn't feel is like that that she's not perfect in. He literally responded, he's like, he goes, Maybe you underestimate how other people see you. I think other people are expecting something someone else. Like he, everything was kind of turned to be like a positive or, or an, a, a point of admiration as, a, as, a, as opposed to a point of insecurity. And then he asked her, um, if you could choose not to be a celebrity and have a more peaceful but happy life out of the spotlight, would you do it? And she said, I think I live an awesome life. Even in my darkest of times, I don't regret putting myself out there for the world to see. People have shared with me over the years how much it has helped them to feel less alone when dealing with their own adversity. I love having a voice and I appreciate the platform that I have been given, even though I do wish I could have privacy at times. And... um. She, he asked her about like if fame is addictive and she says that, you know, it can be and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh my God, there's so much stuff. Like she, the part money. Where she says that she wants to go to Wyoming. Yeah, she says that she envisions their life of them living on like a ranch in Wyoming. I, I don't know. There better be some motherfucking cameras there. Otherwise we are going to have an issue. Yeah, there's just so much stuff. I just, I don't know. You Everybody guys- read it. I just think like, the, the the dynamic between them really shines in this interview. Can I share one, yes, one, yes, one yes, question? Yes. I swear this is, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, literally just these two and then I swear that's it. We'll end on this note. He says, what did you think of me the first time we met? And she says, this was before you released your first album and you were known as a music producer. I was really shy. You thought I was Brandy's assistant, which I wasn't. Ever since you said that, it's everywhere. Like, Kim is Brandy's assistant. I was her friend and stylist. I thought you were attractive, nice, very charming, really funny, powerful. I was in awe of you, but I was really shy, quiet, and a little nervous. 
And he said, how did you realize I was the one for you? And she said, when I went to New York and we went to dinner in the movies, it was just so much fun. I remember I wore a Givenchy feather jacket and leather pants. It was super chill and so effortless being together. After spending that whole week together, I realized you were the one and I was like, damn, why did I waste so much time and energy? Why didn't I do this sooner? Chills throughout ah! my whole fucking body. Yes. Oh my God. No one's a bigger Kevin Gotten a fan of their relationship. And then he I asked am. her like about their kids and she says how like she thinks North is his twin and that stains more of her. I, I don't know. You I really just think you North should. North is it. his fucking twin. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't. All right. Uh, anyway. Okay. So our, our Kardashian episode for this week is a Travis Scott like slash half deep dive, half kind of just us talking about the documentary because it was really interesting and I don't think everybody watched. Um, and that's all. We will see you guys next week. And remember, please feel free to rate five stars and leave a nice review if you feel so inclined. Love and you. And don't forget Beyonce's birthday is tomorrow. Oh yeah, happy birthday, Beyonce. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.